0: Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you've given us. Um, Just make this time yours. Make the words that you've given me to write ring true. Um, Help us to hear the Holy Spirit, Lord. Um, Help those that are not here who are sick or not here for other reasons or whatever. Just be with them today and continue to bless the people of grace and mercy. Uh, If you'll join me in the Ecclesiastes prayer, it's on the first page of the packet. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for, in th- for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls and has not another to lift him up again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. This is the first time writing a sermon that I didn't go through a spiral of doubt and frustration and feeling completely unprepared and unqualified for this which then caused a minor spiral of doubt and concern that perhaps I was too cocky and full of myself to be able to preach. But I settled on that I am fine, and the Holy Spirit just offered quick clarity this time around. I have lived a uniquely non-unique life, meaning I grew up in a hard situation and spent most of my childhood not being loved or cared for, but sadly, many people come from this story. But each person's life is full of hard times, pains, childhood childhoods that haunt us like shadows. We all have experienced feeling lonely or alone. We all have felt like that awkward outcast. We've all had friends, family or others love us and fail us. We've all been through seasons of life where the support felt sufficient and enough. We've all been through seasons where there was no one and it felt like uh, it felt crushing to keep going alone. I would be remiss not to mention that as praying through this and writing this, that it was overwhelmingly apparent apparent that Jesus had placed people in my adult life that are the salve to my broken child's heart. I am a terrible friend. I don't mean that as that I'm mean or try to hurt my friends, but I'm bad at what you think of a good friend is or does. I don't miss people. I don't think about reaching out regularly. I'm not terribly loyal, nor do I really expect loyalty back. I tend to be callous towards the longevity of relationships, and I don't even believe in the concept of best friends. In the back of my mind, I am often waiting for people to leave me. When the person in front of me takes an emotional turn, my first response in my brain is quite literally, I wonder if I could sneak away. Not because I don't care, but because my brain just doesn't get why someone would cry in front of another person. Now, I have worked at being better and expecting more for myself than becoming a hermit that locks herself away forever. But the reality is, Jesus has given me people that are shining examples of what love is. People that don't let me quit or walk away. People that look past the lacking of myself and hang on. And this sermon is dedicated to those people. It is dedicated to Jim and my kids that literally live in my house and I still sometimes don't understand how to hold conversations with them and find them exhausting, but they are the best part of me. My kids are little collections of good and bad things of me and Jim, and I look at them and am blown away by the things they do and try for. It is dedicated to my neighbors, both near and far, because I never really understood what God meant by community until we moved to York Road and God showed me what magic on earth looks like. These are the people that show up at my door and even, or even inside my house and take my coffee without asking. They offer their couches as an escape from the loudness of my house. I prayed for a family every day as a child that would love me and was often frustrated with God for most of my young adult life for not answering it. So it blows my mind that I have people that are family. They love me, my husband, my kids as their own blood. Literally, I could not preach on what friendship means without the mention of my core group of friends. We refer to each other as a book club to the public because it's easier for others to understand, but we are so much more than that. These women met me basically as a kid who, sorry, these women met me basically a kid because as grown up as you feel when you're 22 or 23, married with a kid, you're really just a kid pretending and playing at the grown up life. I have learned what friendship is from these women. I wouldn't be the mom, wife, friend, or person I am without them. The relationships haven't been easy, and we have fought through a lot to keep them. We spent the year, early years of parenting and marriages in the trenches together, so maybe we just trauma bonded like soldiers that have been through war, but it could there could be no bro- better brother in arms. But they are the people that hold my memories in their hearts, they are the people that without that even when months pass without each other we can easily fall back together and even without seeing each other's faces when something big happens if they're needed they are there it is the collection of all these people that made me who i am now that built my knowledge of friendship and community it is living and going through life with them that i that made it so that i understood immediately what this scripture was talking about community is Perhaps one of the biggest themes that runs throughout the entire Bible, God himself is community. The Holy Spirit, the Son, and God existing in one. Community and friendship are the things people spend countless hours, dollars, and effort pursuing. It is easy to see anywhere you look. Our society has built entire worlds online in pursuit of more community. We are looking for our place to belong, because inside of us, God has placed the desire for community. No one is the best on their own. This desire to belong is something that is universal. From young to old, rich to poor, city dwellers or country folk, even introverts need people. This pursuit of friendship and belonging can quickly slide into something that eats away at our soul. Hours spent wondering, does this person like me? If they don't like me, should I change to make them like me? In this scripture, we, are, we hear him saying how important it is to have someone to help you and how much easier it makes life to have these people. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, and if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. It's pretty straightforward. It is simply better to have another with you because you will have someone to lift you up when you fall. What does that look like in your life? To be someone else to a person they can rely on. How does that sit in your heart? What kind of person are you to those God has placed in your community? This says we have a good reward because our toil, because of our toil, because in most cases having more people to do the work makes it easier to do. And sure, we've all been in a place or time where more hands did not make the work light and made it feel harder. But I think it is usually those suffering from arrogance and pride that feel that most of the time. I would easily include myself in that arrogant and prideful situation as I usually think I am right and usually think I don't need anyone. The humbling truth, though, is that we all need someone, sometimes. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. Who lifts you up? Who are your people that you know are there? We all fall and need help getting up we all need some we all need to help someone else up can you help someone up and can you let others help you we live in a world ravaged by mental illness and it is becoming more and more real in children younger and younger i suffer from mental illness i have depression and anxiety my brain responds differently to things than others the number one thing depression does is isolate you It lies to you and tells you that no one else would understand. It strips away at the belief that you are worthy of love and friendship and family. I am sure we have all struggled with those thoughts at different points in our lives though, because as I said earlier, we all feel like an awkward outcast at some point. We can respond to the people around us in pain by offering them our helping hand. I wonder about this hard, hard world we live in and the why of it all. This last week, I was bombarded with images of little kids that lost their lives at the hand of another kid. I watched, I've watched it way too many times now in my life. These kids are the age of my youngest. All I can think of is the pain of the parents, other kids, teachers, and community that surround it. When all the noise fades, they will still have that pain. What could have stopped it? Everyone will argue that a different political side could have stopped it, or more or different laws could have, or better locks or earlier alarms or faster responses and on and on until you forget the faces of the children murdered and focus on your political preferences and it all fades away until next time. I don't know the particulars of the case and the why of why it may have happened, But I know each time this happens, the assailant's mental illness health is debated. Mental illness is not an excuse for terrible violent acts. What this person did is beyond depression or anxiety. I don't know that anything could have changed it, but I know a lot of issues start all the way back at the beginning. And if someone had been able to take the time to reach out, maybe it would have changed the course of the life. There are people, including kids, that are put in our lives that we are called to reach down and pull up. I know in my own life I often pass on this or ignore it because it's going to take too much time or effort. The challenge that the Holy Spirit has put into my heart, though, is am I or we ignoring people we are to lift up because they got knocked down and it seems too hard to reach out a hand. Because it says this, but woe to him who is... but woe to him who is alone and then when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Think about the harder times in your lives and if you were alone or maybe felt alone, how much harder it was to get back up, how much harder it was to beat that bout of anxiety or face the failure you feel or make it all work. When we are alone, the fall hurts more. When people fail us, it hurts. Solomon, the wisest and richest man out there, learned it was important to have community to help. I don't know what it would like be like for the man that has everything to need help, but I think it's the reminder that even if we had all the material things we wanted, we would still need someone to offer us a hand and pull us out of a pit sometimes. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. And how could one keep warm alone? And though man might prevail against one who is alone, Two will withstand him. A three-fourth cord cannot quickly broken. It is important to note that this is one of the few sections of Ecclesiastes that doesn't end with being meaningless or vapor. It is one of the more hopeful sections in the entire book. As a child that grew up feeling lonely and dragged the shadow of not being lovable around for a long time into my adulthood, I am always shocked to find out how important people are to me. How much I need them in my day-to-day life the simplest fact is is that we all need that we all have a list of people that we should give thanks and praise to God for providing us I offered some of those people up earlier as my examples but really we all have people that have come and gone from our lists too that have kept us warm and made us who we are today I used to resent those people the ones that were there and then seemingly faded faded away But the more I've grown, the more I've seen that God uses people in different places and different times. I can be grateful and not angry for the times I've been given because the truth is that God has designed my life according to his plan. Honestly, the relationships, both current and lost, have made me stronger and more myself. That is how God works, taking our messy timelines of life and building something that is truly special and unique and drawing us closer to the cross with it all we end on an example of a rope being stronger with three cords. i am not a rope expert or anything but i do believe that this is true about rope i need we need community because it helps us people in our communities offer us a look at ourselves so that we can see our strengths and weaknesses the question i leave you with is who are these who are the people in your life that you count as those special people that make you stronger do you tell them and offer them thanks and praise to God for them? Who are your, who are your people? Who are you that person to? Do you help and offer a hand? Do you need to offer a hand to the people God has placed around you? We live in the freedom of Christ. Do we take advantage of that freedom to make lives better?